Hello there, listening people. I'm Ryan Slowinski. And I'm Bartek. And you are listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. Underappreciated Masterpieces. Under? Yes. <laughs> Not unappreciated? <laughs> no, it's underappreciated. Oh no, the whole page has been called Unappreciated Masterpieces. Really? What? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Unappreciated's a word, right? It is a word, but the show is called Underappreciated. No, I've been calling it Unappreciated Masterpieces, as in they have not been appreciated. Not really? That, not that they are undervalued. Are you pulling my leg? I'm not pulling your leg. <laughs> Whoa! So, but... <laughs> oh, God. So, Bartek has just learnt the name of the show is Unappreciated Masterpieces, not Underappreciated Masterpieces. You, uh... Welcome to the show, anyway. Welcome to the show, we're professional. We talk about such forgotten gems, such magnificent classic films, such as... What are we talking about today, Bartek? We are talking about Kangur Yatsek. Which is... It's a film that we're watching. <laughs> or, or Kangaroo Jack, for those who do not speak Polish or understand it, just like me. And we are spitting Polish, likingly, because we're always spitting, and we are both... Of course, Polish. Mm-hmm. And our and our guest today, I our non-Polish guest is Luke Peverell, our Australian guest. Hello, everyone. Uh, last year on my birthday, Ryan got me this film. For some reason, we're still friends. Yeah, we're still friends. I got him the film because legendary actor, Oscar winner, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken's in the film, and I knew that Luke would appreciate any film I got him for his twenty-first birthday. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would make sure to get him a film classic. Such as Kangaroo Jack. Now, <laughs> um, Kangaroo Jack is one of those classic films that encapsulates what it means to be a film. But also, it's I think it's the first film, guys, in which, on this series, it is uh, not a kid's film. No, that's just it. It's very deceptive. Uh, what I, I get constantly asked, since we've started this show, I've talked about the idea of it, in which we talk about unappreci- unappreciated masterpieces. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I've listed off ones we're going to do and ones we have done, and a lot of people have pointed out to me, are you are you just focusing in the area of, of kids' films? And no, no, that's not the case. It's just a lot of kids' films have been unappreciated. Uh, a lot of kids' films have been, you know, not looked after by the or general masses as much as they, they as they should be so today is the i guess the marking off the first occasion of us getting into the adult world of film which is it's a brave uh, new world it's a brave new world which is kangaroo jack so we shall be starting kangaroo jack in three two one play there we go nope wait wait my the dvd is yet to start so again, this is a second countdown for for Kangaroo Jack. Three, two, one, play. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you're my favorite. Yes, oh, yeah, yes, yep, it's it played. Okay. It is playing. That countdown is still valid, everyone. In case you're wondering, we yep. are now ten seconds in. In case you were wanting a precise thing, because there was a bit of a mix-up there. Of course, this is a Warner Brothers film and a Jerry Bruckheimer film. There's a lighthouse. It's Jerry Brockheimer film. How does that make everyone film feel? How does it make me film? Uh, <laughs> not often and unhappily when I do it. It makes me feel 
unappreciated. Uh, <laughs> I'm never going to get the end of that now. No. <laughs> no. Oh my god! I just there was a, there's there can- kangaroos on the there's road. There's kangaroos in the Jerry Bruckheimer films. Yeah. So Jerry Bruckheimer. This was 2003. This film came out, and this was you know Jerry Bruckheimer's film career, obviously going places because you know CSI is happening and Kangaroo Jack. And this is your backyard. This is some. This is my backyard. Backyards. I'm talking to Luke about that. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is um. This is Australia, mate. This is the land down under. Well, well that's not. That's America. Uh, now we're back in the states. 1982, different time. That's to be the alive. year the thing came out. Another great movie. There you go. Well, Another, that one is a film appreciated. That is appreciated. Uh, I like the fact there he is. Christopher Walken. The man himself. I like how 20 years from now in this film's universe, he hasn't aged a day. Yeah. He's got that special skin (laughs) cream. He is Salvatore Maggio. So so I just want to point out, I saw this film in the cinemas when I was young. Um, There were very few things I remember about it. One of them was this beach scene because I remember I ate the popcorn before the film started. All of it. All of it? Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. So, Bartek, yeah. this is the first time since we've started the show in which you've actually seen the movie before, and you also saw it in cinemas. I did not see this in cinemas, if I'm going to be honest yeah, with you. what a loser. Captain Amazing Compass. Now, this is one of the first uh, uh, um, things I want to point out within the film that is brilliant, is he has a Captain Amazing Compass, but then when he is, uh, spoiler, about to drown... Uh, the other kid jumps in to save him, and you have the Superman theme playing, like the actual theme from the movie Superman, and it just makes me question, why couldn't it just be a Superman compass in the first place? That'd be too easy. I think it's like, obviously they couldn't get copyright to Superman's image, but the music, yeah, Christopher Walken, definitely, and of course, Australia. It's because this film was setting a trend. (laughs) To be fair, Captain Amazing looks nothing like Superman. If in that brief shot you just got off the compass, they look very different. No, it's well, clearly like Captain I Amazing. Said, it's, it's setting a new trend. Yeah, of amazingness. So, Bartek, you actually got to see this one in the cinema. I didn't get to see it in the cinema. Again, yeah. each one of these films, haven't seen them in the cinema when I was a kid. I actually remember the advertisement for this film more than the film. I probably didn't watch this movie until I was an adult, a full-grown adult, in which it was perfect for me because it's a, a film for adults. It, is, it really is. You're going to see this. There's, there's, you know, young Michael Shannon uh, as a the, kid. The, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you. The soul shining light in this film. Uh, I think you're forgetting that the <laughs> kangaroo was in it. Ah, uh, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, forgive me my errors. Anyway, here's the bit. present day. The present day in which he is now a hairdresser. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to see this movie, Bartek. You did. Um, best decision of your childhood? I mean... Look, when you're a kid, you're not quite smartness as you are adulthood. So I'm much smarter now, and I can appreciate it for what it is now. When I was a kid, it was like, you know, watching... It was the exact same as watching Citizen Kane. You just don't get it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I compare this film a lot to Citizen Kane. <laughs> all of the film, all of them uh, are Citizen Kane-related. Now, this look, they're both adults now. I think they did all right casting-wise. Both handsome? Both? <laughs> yeah. yeah, except... I don't know, you just, you, even before knowing who this guy is, you just know that he's never going to be in anything good. Who? The guy playing, um, the white guy. 
The white racist. The guy, I know. the guy playing the white guy. The guy playing the white guy. I thought Luke, you didn't see race. Ah. Uh, People tell Luke is white, and race he just have to take the, he movie, just have to take their word for it because you know they call him sir. Alright, well, do you know his name? Because we've got to give him a name. Uh, I do believe... The character's name's Charlie. The character's That's name right. is okay. Charlie. If you paid attention to his narration in which his name is Charlie Carboni. Excuse me, the landscape shots of Australia held my gaze for too long. I do like this film does have narration for, like, two scenes. And then the rest of the film, there is no more narration. The narration is gone. It was just an establishing thing. Like, yeah. got to establish the universe we set. The audience may not well, get it. Well, like I said, they were setting a trend. They didn't want to rip off Thunderpants too much. They didn't want to rip off Thunderpants, that's true. Uh, waffles. I like the dog Waffles. I thought, you know, if if this film was a lesser filmmaker, they could have actually made Waffles have a point in being the film, but thank God they didn't, well, because they I, had one I, there are too many storylines to keep track in lots of films in general, but this one keeps it short, sweet, and to the point. He's shaking it, he's dancing, he, he is driving the van as if he was dancing. I mean, this stuff you do not get in, in stuff yeah. these days. Like, uh, you know, The Martian, I'm sure, I have yet to see it, but I'm sure there is no dancing. quirky black comic character driving a van as if he was dancing. No, but I will have to say the soundtrack to The Martian was pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Is it as good as the one in Kangaroo Jack? No, obviously not, but... That's it, yeah. <laughs> so, Luke, yes. um, have, when I gave you this as a present, were you happy? I felt a lot of things in that moment. Um, Especially happiness. Yes, it was in there, but there was also some, some consternation and conflict, other words starting with C. How long did it take you to watch it? Um, over a year. And how did you watch it? I was at your place, where I'm sitting right now, and um, I needed several beers to get through it. Um, just so you all know, I'm doing the drinking game with this because film. Any, anything that makes Yeah, absolutely, mate. Anything that makes you cringe, any comic relief moment that doesn't quite get off the ground, you take a drink. So Luke won't be drinking that much during the, the film because everything lands. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yep, whatever yeah. you say, right? There's uh, going to be a scene later where there's going to be plenty of landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally and metaphorically, yeah. spiritually even. You better strap yourself And religiously. Oh, don't get me about, started about the religious connotations of this film. Last week it was the main character was Jesus. This week this is clearly a Noah story. No, dude. You can't Look say at last the, week. No. They might watch this in Look sequence. at all the fish and presumably loaves. It's a Jesus story. Well, we were talking about... That's true. We were talking about um, landing, but there's a lot of crashing in this scene. Mm. Literally, because they're cars. Why are you guys like, <laughs> you a plane flying outside. I personally like... I was busy. But I'm uh, when I saw all the fish, I couldn't stop but think about Matthew Broderick in Godzilla. That's what I was thinking. In which they drop a whole bunch of fish, yeah, and their punchline is like, that's a lot of fish. That's quite a lot yeah. of fish. That's quite a lot of fish. It's like, thanks, Matt. And now here we have Luke's uncle. Luke's yeah, uncle. The, this is my <laughs> uncle Victor. He got out of the slammer six the months ago. The Italian gangster. Yeah. He's uh, he's taking what he learned in the in the joint and he's applying it to real world. Luke, situations. as someone with Italian heritage, yes. when you watch mobster films in which you got these kind of guys, I was like, oi, you know, you. Uh, do you feel connected? Like that's my uncle. You know, I, that's my sister. That's my brother. Like, I you know, like, when you, you watch know, this film, did you did you feel? 
haunted by how close it was to your actual well, family? You know how, like, the houses they are, they're always, like, very dark, and they've got the fancy paintings on the walls, everything mm-hmm, looks kind of mm-hmm. old world. It, yeah, mafioso. My nonna's house is like that, so when I see that, I'm like, yeah, you know, there could be uh, tortures and drug deals and shady shit going on in the upper reaches of Nonna's house, but I wouldn't know because we're not allowed up there. Now, Nonna means grandmother? Yeah. Yes, Nonna means grandmother. Which in Polish would be uneducated ones. <laughs> yeah, we don't... Thanks, Bartek. I like um, police. If you're listening to this podcast, you heard it here from Luke Peveril that his grandmother is connected to the mafia. Yeah. Get her. Um, uh, guys, if you're going to get her, as Ryan calls it, please take back up because she is a fierce lady. Well, my yeah. uncle's a cop. His uncle's a cop. You better watch out. And his great grandfather survives the whole survives the Holocaust. So Bartek well, played he a was... cop in a play once. Well, yes, I know. But um, well, you know, he survived the Holocaust. That's because he was in a concentration camp. Yeah, he concentrated <laughs> real hard to yeah. make it to life, so he could see Kangaroo Jack. Did he go with you to the cinema to see this? Nah, he didn't. He was busy that day. And what was he doing? Thinking about Kangaroo Hitler. Jack. I don't know. Thinking about Hitler and how Hitler wouldn't have liked Kangaroo Jack because no one, no one. Can I just say the evil. cop who aimed his uh, gun, gun there into the like this about a meter away in this slight he can uh, swim now curvature of the wall. How would they be hiding up there? I'm just yeah. I'm curious. He can swim now. That's one of my favorite little. Yeah. That's called character development. Yeah, really I actually noticed that. that. He, it's actually evolution. Because it's obvious. It's the uh, okay. Here we go. Here, here he scene. is in Luke's not his house. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, my main man. My main walking. Here he my boss honestly he elevates the every scene he ends he is in he elevates the movie to five stars to like ten stars out of five stars like Christopher Walken is just the man and this like what's he's he the talking right man about? for his time and place to paraphrase the Big Lebowski he is the second best character in the film by far next to the kangaroo yeah yeah spoiler dude how I, they I know there's a kangaroo in the I film I personally love the I line I want to use more of his lines in real life like what was the one it's like if you were a knight in armor you would have killed the maiden and saved the dragon <laughs> it's like I would use that more often I like how he's got a little storyline of his own, like, other than being, like, his stepfather and evil and whatever, he's got, like, this mini storyline about, like, how he's trying to learn more words. Yeah. <laughs> We're about to say that, actually. His, uh, his, his word play. Yeah, yeah. Like, him. he's... Bartek, you must have noticed this when you were a kid. Here we goes with some more mouse metaphors. He did that in Catch Me If You Can. He's a big fan of it. He's a fan of he mice. about the mouse. The other mouse doesn't get up. Because he has chicken blood. Yes, here we go with the animals. So, Bartek, you 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 saw this. You must have, when you saw this as a kid, must have recognized the brilliance of Christopher Walken in this film, as it, well as the brilliance like, of all of them. It was more like, oh, it's that guy from Wayne's World Two. Oh yes, yes, he was in Wayne's World Two. And me as a kid, I didn't see it, so I saw it as an adult. And oh, here he goes with his words. Anathema. Anathema. A plethora. Look, they got me so I can't speak straight. <laughs> um, I looked at it as an adult. I'm like, holy crap, Christopher Walken's in this. Yes. Perfect. One criticism of the film, obviously with a masterpiece, there's always criticisms one can make. It's, of course, constructive criticisms. Yeah. Uh, Bring people... the kangaroo in earlier. Pe- no. <laughs> no, I feel like kangaroo's brought in at the right time. He was, yeah, he, was, exactly. he was at the start of the film. The pacing is pretty good, if nothing else. Uh, I would say the one thing is they should have had more Christopher Walken in it, definitely, by far. He that should have been true, in it I more. I missed his presence 
near the end of the film. I mean, you see him again a little bit, but not enough. I feel like that is the one downside of Kangaroo Jack is not enough Oscar-winning actor Cooper Christopher Petey. Walken. I've been there. Here we go. That's my backyard. Yeah. Mr. Smith. Hey, Will, you know, I called you Will. Jesus. Jesus Christ. I'm really How much are you missing right now? <laughs> Lucas. Yo. Lucas Pepperoni. Okay. Uh, if you really oh, know about Cuba. If you know about Cuba Petey, what, what mineral is famous there? Oh, sorry, what gem is famous Jesus there? Christ, Marie, they're minerals. That's completely correct. I was going to say that it's opals, but that is correct. Thank you. But you're right, yes, opals. I've been to Cooper Pedia, they're famous for opals. We missed the great acting of Michael Shannon as the yeah, grown-up. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't uh, mention Frank, him. He was Frank Lombone. Now, that, that right there is a guy taking a picture. It's obviously a reference to Thunderpants. Here's something I like. Is he... What's he eating? He's eating, like, a steak, right? Look how easily he cut through that with that knife. He well, was like, allegedly, whatever. He allegedly cut through it. He, okay, he's an are. actor, a method one. He cut through that. This is a scene in which I wrote in my notes uh, jokes with a question mark because I was a bit confused because this has so far been a very serious gangster film. And now there's jokes in this scene, which is, you know, in any good film, you have to have uh, light moments to keep you grounded. Or if you're forever in the darkness, that is the human morality. Which is that funny because they're both brings up. in a plane, a well-lit plane at that. It's daytime. So, but on the topic of darkness... Or in the darkness. On the topic of darkness... Sorry, I'm Lewis, being an asshole. Please continue. Lewis is black, so that's darkness. And uh, thanks for listening to Unappreciated Masterpieces featuring racism <laughs> <laughs> from Barca. Sorry, no, I know you that heard it it's, Sorry, it's a late, right, late racial slow to say someone's right black racial. when they're black. I do like, um, you know, his... his Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, there's some product placement. Note it. I didn't notice that when I watched I'm it. I'm going to write okay. that down. Here is some great pickup technique. All right. What's your next plan? Well, his next plan is a slip on the condom. Yeah, if he was reading that book that Lewis was just reading, he would have said, how you going? Yeah, well, g'day. As Luke always g'day, says. G'day, Sheila. G'day, Sheila. G'day, oh, any kind of um, thing you want to call them. Well, you know, now they've discovered that in there is money. Uh, the film yes. made money. Uh, <laughs> and did you not know as that? much as you think. No, did but... you know that it made money? Like really? It was oh, number yeah. one opening box office week because oh people thought it was going to be this rip-roaring uh, <laughs> comedy film for kids. For kids uh... the, the film, the trailers emphasised the talking kangaroo scene, which is, spoiler alert, in there, and gave a false impression to uh, audiences that it was a family movie about a talking kangaroo. Thus, it achieved number one in the box office on opening weekend. And from then on, critics gave it poor reviews because they felt tricked and lied to. And but they were was... crying. Wow, wow. The movie was critics. too smart for us. Yeah, it was too... They, no, they, they knew it was a masterpiece, but they couldn't appreciate it because they were misled to think it was a kid's film so they unjustly tore it apart and pushed it to the side so they... for us to pick up all these years later okay so we have some pictures of sydney beautiful city but we don't go anywhere near that no because it's not set in sydney no which is funny why did they put that there because the australian to... countryside is beautiful they're going to sydney airport so uh... then they can drive pay attention like yeah sorry i've already had one sip of my beer and already everything is starting to fade into a goopy mess of colours and Lewis 
Uh, do you want to talk, uh, Luke? Luke, yes. you did mention that this was uh, your 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 um, second time viewing it. Yes, indeed. and the first time was with me. Mm-hmm. Could you fill us in what it was like watching it for the first time? How much you enjoyed it? How you said you had to drink to get through it, but that was because it was such a fun film, right? That if you drank, it would add to the to the fun because that's what alcohol does, right? I couldn't have put it better myself. So, so when what did you think the film was going to be about? Uh, I, uh, like many people, I thought the kangaroo would actually talk, and there would be some bullshit reason for that. But he he doesn't talk. It's a hallucination when he does talk. So spoiler. Yeah, sorry. That, that actually spoiler. gave me a laugh. Like, Do when not I was apologize watching for spoilers. It. When I when I was watching it, <laughs> yeah. that that scene where he like takes a selfie. This is before selfies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so innovative, setting a trend, innovation. Well done, and um. Oh God, he said g'day, mate. He said g'day, but when he took a selfie with the with the guy at the border security, that actually made me chuckle for the first time in the film. Not saying that the other jokes didn't oh. work; they were just for levity. You know, you were just supposed to be like. Ah, yes, good, because this film was a bit too serious to start with. Some might say, the perfect mixture this film has between drama and comedy. This is up there with with great classics like Seven and Saving Private Ryan. And of course, when I... Well, yeah, that. When I watch this, I can't help but think this reminds me so, so much of Sophie's Choice. I've not seen that movie. Uh, it's uh, it's, if you like Kangaroo Jack, watch Sophie's Choice. Oh yeah, I better be putting that on the list then. Put it on the list, Luke. It's an emotional film, just yeah. like Kangaroo um, Jack. This is the part where we hear our national anthem, is it? Not? Yes. Uh, um, everyone stand, salute, look attentive. Uh, get your copyright lawsuits out. Down under, for we, we are plunder, young thunder, and free. Younger. We're going off you road. No, Charlie, this mysterious. No, you're not singing yeah. in Polish, Bartek, so I can actually understand you. Yeah, you got to play the Sinatra Polska nie zginęła. All right, <laughs> enough of that. It's Polish national anthem. So, so Luke, you you felt misled, but when you yes. saw what it was actually about, you were proud. You I were. You, was did you thank me? Taken for, on a roller coaster of epic, back outback proportions, involving. <laughs> Thrilling romance and I'm sorry I can't do this with a it's called face. it's called bromance it's called yes. bromance the romance between the kangaroo and uh, the jeep that hits it and the jeep that hits it is it's an subtle unspoken. but boiler alert <laughs> I'm sorry Look, I'm Bartek. sorry but there is a kangaroo in this film Bartek what 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 what, what? Okay, yes. Lewis is presumably rapping at this point. Oh yeah. What do you mean presumably? You can hear because it. there are you no can... subtitles. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, we watch this with subtitles with the sound off, and they don't have the subs for the rapping, but they are rapping. This is what um, the other films lacked that we have watched. Bartek, no rapping. Okay, this film doesn't have great narration like Thunderpants, and yes, this film doesn't have. Paul Giamatti in it like Big Fat Liar and uh, Thunderpants. This is actually also our first film in which Bartek has already seen it. This is our first adult film and this is our first film without Paul Giamatti. So I feel a bit naked doing this because I feel not as secure doing it as I did with those other two films because those other two films, you know, they had those things in them. But each one of these unappreci- unappreciated masterpieces has something that I... I personally think connects them all, which is the friendship 
in the middle of it all. The friendship between Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes, the friendship between Rupert Grint and Bruce Cook, the friendship between these two. Each one of these films is about how friendship during the darkest, dankest of times. Dankest memes. Dankest memes of times can still survive against all odds. Can I, just, can I just say, I really like that you remembered Bruce Cook's name. <laughs> I'd also like to interject at this point, and yeah, that is the kangaroo. That is a kangaroo? That is that is the kangaroo. Oh, that is Kangaroo Jack. Oh yeah, this is Kangaroo Jack, who at no point is called Kangaroo Jack, no. other than at the start when he goes, a kangaroo, Kangaroo Jack. Throughout the rest of the film, his name is Jackie Legs. Yeah, and I don't know why. Because he looks like Jackie Legs. Only because they put that stupid jacket on him. No, they put oh, the I sunglasses on him. That's why he looks like Jackie Legs. I guess. Did you know that these two characters are from Brooklyn? I didn't know that. I thought they were Australians. <laughs> I thought the kangaroo was from Brooklyn. Okay, now he comes back to life. Yeah, this is when the plot begins. I wrote several mm. times plot with Strap a question mark. In. As in, where is the plot? Uh, I was watching this today, earlier this morning. I tried to watch it last night, but I couldn't get through it because it's magnificent. Was It was too magnificent for me to handle at 10.30 at night. But I watched it this earlier today with my housemate, and he thought this was a great film, actually. He was having a good laugh throughout it all. And that's what this film is intended to do. It's intended to make you cry, to make you laugh, to make you think. And this is the scene in which the thinking begins. Or you think, how big is this kangaroo? What's his dimensions? You think, you how think did a, he survive yeah, that kick? A kick from a kangaroo can disembowel someone. It didn't in this case, because as you can see, Lewis clearly tells that he is Superman. Charlie is it obviously... It goes back to Captain Amazing again. Not, you know, pure vanilla human. He's got some mutant genes. That's a subplot also. <laughs> Yeah, what's the subplot? Um, he's coming to terms with himself as slightly more superhuman than he thought, but his inadequacy is also tripping him up, and yeah, that develops later on. Yeah, wow, that's so insane. I'm so glad you got Luke on the show. I'm glad. I'm learning to. things about I'm this movie. I'm glad to be here. I want to. I want to teach now, the new generation. Bartek, you saw this as a kid. Luke, you didn't see it as a kid. No, and I, didn't. I didn't see it as a kid. <laughs> Usually, yeah, when I, really I when that, I encounter I? people who didn't see it as kids, I ask them. What were you doing? Why didn't you see it as a kid? Luke, what's your excuse for not seeing this as a kid? Now, you can't tell me that you didn't remember this film when you were a kid because this film was advertised so much because we are from Australia doing this podcast. We grew up here. Uh, you, know, well, you know, Bartek, you know, you, you, you're Polish growing up with your po- only learning Polish. Were you still learning English when this film came out? I don't have, like, f- this is the landing I was talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah, we've got a choose um, some hazard moment. I, I'm, I, th- I don't think I mentioned this already. I don't have first, second language. I learned them both at the same time mm-hmm. with maybe slight more focus on Polish until I got to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, which yeah. case I struggled, I had to do remedial English and all uh, that shit. Okay, yes, yes, that's right. So, Luke, what was yeah. your excuse? Because there was no excuse well, escaping this, but I managed, and you managed. I, so tell us. Before I answer, what year did this film come out? Two thousand and three. Okay, two thousand three. By that point, I was Dead. Oh, ten. Ten. Which, which is actually, you An know, if I, if, if, if I was fourteen, then I'd be in that weird, you know, middle part where this movie might be good for me, but might not. But yeah, you're right. Age ten. This is, is the optimum age for viewing yeah, this Yeah, this film. is a PG film, yeah, so... You, I don't know. You weren't really... able to drink back then. Exactly. I would have had to sip on some Coca-Cola 
and hope that the fizz would take away my torment. Uh, no, no, no. Dude, this film has Pepsi product placement. You're right, I'm sorry. I would have had to sip on a Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi, or, or in here, Australia, it's a beer because yeah. we don't care. No, Fosters. Luke, why didn't you see it? I cannot say. What were you doing? What were your parents doing? Why what were they I bad? Were you taken away by docs because of their negligence well, for not letting you see this? I can only surmise that seeing as it was the year before Halo 2 came out, I was lying in wait for that, and everything else was just not a concern. And was Halo 2 good? Yeah, it was, um, it was real good. Was it as good as Kangaroo Jack? I don't know. I can't play Kangaroo Jack. If there was a video what do you game mean? of We're Kangaroo... playing it on the DVD player yeah, right I... now. I don't no, know. I'm just saying, if there was a video game of Kangaroo about. Jack, I would definitely play that. Well, then, why are you talking about video games and films are very different? As you can tell, ah, video games made into films are the terrible. Of the other. You know, video game films are terrible. Well, you know, yeah, uh, Bob Hoskins can attest to that. Technology can come a long way. We can just make a video game now of it, can't we? Can we'll I have good graphics. Can I just say, every time I've watched, well, the two times now I've seen this chase sequence, I keep hoping it's going to segue into Mad Max, but it never does. Stop, man. Just because it's an Australian has a car chase doesn't mean it's Mad Max. Oh, yeah? It could be Kangaroo Jack. I don't know, Jack. it's a bit of a niche. Yeah. This is unappreciated masterpiece, not overappreciated masterpiece. My mistake, yes. I'm sorry. I can't believe you thought it was underappreciated masterpieces. I can, because I did believe it. Should I change it now? No, it's unappreciated. Unappreciated is a, wor- a word. It is a Under word. and unappreciated are both words. They're and both words, they and I just happened to words. think it was one of them. All unappreciated right? still suits this show, right? Like, this is an unappreciated yeah. movie. Good, good, good. Okay, you can... S- is he bigger than all the others, or is that just... No, he's wearing a jacket. Yeah. That's why he looks bigger. No, he looks bigger than So, I didn't see this movie as a kid because, get this, shock. As a kid, this film didn't interest me when I looked at it. I know, I know, ignorant Ryan, but that's why you grow up. Bloody New South Wales. Um, I grew up in New South Wales, that's true. So, I, I had kangaroos already, so I knew... I didn't need... I thought I didn't need the film. I already know what it is. I saw the trailers as a kid, and my parents were like, do you want to see that? And I actually said, I actually said no, which is one of my biggest regrets you in life. <sighs> Look, could you translate what she's about to say for us? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, by the way, Alice Springs, this is exactly what it looks like. <laughs> yeah? Down to the dust. More murderers though in Alice Springs, right? Oh yeah, and uh, John Jarrett is probably there, you know, also. John Jarrett? Yes, or uh, Mick Taylor, as he prefers to be known amongst friends. Ah, oh, cool. Luke's a friend. The bog trough, the long drop, these are terms for summary execution. They are asking oh, for their pain to be ended. I thought it was sex positions. In no, which she was offering to do the long drop. As far as last rites go, sometimes you can find yourself having a conjugal. Guys, those were slang for toilet. Now, Bartek, what? I'm sorry, but you're a Polish man. I wouldn't expect yeah. you to understand. Hey, 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 Mr. Italian. Don't get so uppity at us Polish people, right? Just because we didn't join in in fascism as easily as you did. Hey, we knew down. which way the wind was blowing. We yeah, which to was hop on. piano strings for Mussolini. That's why the way the wind hey, blew. Hold, didn't it sound hold. great though? First of all, we outnumber you two to one. Second of all, he's Australian. He is Australian. You guys just inconsistencies. Now, this man, Mr. Smith here, introducing this new character, he's, like... In Lord of the Rings. He's meant to be Australian, but... He's New Zealand. Yeah. He's, um... You know, he's a, he's an imposter. He's a double agent. You'd be a banger short of a Barbie if you didn't. 
What does that mean? Um, that comes from our most ancient sacred texts. It basically means I will take your mother out. Oh, cool. To the party. Uh huh. And I'll take your mother uh-huh. out on all night. But uh, what, what's my mother doing there though? For well, she doesn't get out much. She, you know, she looks like she could use a good time. Okay, I'll let her know. Yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't hurt to treat your mother every once in a while. That goes for everyone listening to this podcast. Love your mothers. Not in the way that Luke will love your mothers, because that would be wrong. Yes, indeed, that would be wrong. So, Luke, did you know that this um, ridgy-digy Australian guy right here... This fair dinkum, true blue spunk your mum Aussie? Yes. He is actually he, Bill Hunter, he, yes. He, yes. He was the dentist in Finding Nemo. I did not know that, but that, you know... Can't place a face when it's just a voice, but yes. He was also in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is also in a the prequel for to the, this. Uh, Melbourne episode. The what? Uh, when the Pacific was on in that one episode in Australia, he was in that. Who knew? Yeah, well, I, I don't even know what Pacific is. Nobody you know. knows. Only Luke. It was a mini series. Now here's mini an American woman in Australia. She's Canadian, models. actually. The actress. Uh, yeah, but I mean the character. The character is. Um, very, very American in Australia. This film is actually filmed in in Australia, I do believe. It's so Aussie. Well, yeah, we saw Alice Springs just there. And we know that's that's. Yeah, it accurate. looked just like it did I in Django. I would like to draw, if I may, another parallel between this and Mad Max Fury Road. Go oh, can you, can you? Here we are in Australia, and the only real significant female character is with an American accent. Uh, I don't see the comparisons because uh, Mad Max was not filmed in Australia. No, it, but it so, was but in this Australia was uh, was it, was it? Didn't actually say. Luke, you do remember that later on the kangaroo's wife appears, right? Yeah. So there's there's other. Now we have no characters. confirmation of whether or not that was the kangaroo's wife. Hey, yeah, look, the main character said, "Oh, it's your family," and they're married because even animals understand Christ. And I think there Ryan may well be a de facto relationship. There's a lot of those here. There's a sequel to this, Luke. An is animated, video? an animated uh, yes, director right, yeah. video sequel in which the kangaroo talks. And he, actually, yes, you're right. He does have a family. Hmm. So you do, pol- does apologize. I may, but first of all, does the wife show up in this one? Uh, yes, at the end. Look, Look that's actual Australian yeah. money. Can can we get a holler for that? Holler, holler if you feel holler me. Holocaust. Don't bring it up, Luke. No, don't mention the war. I love how every guy in the bar is wearing the exact same hat. Because that's we only have one hat, and yeah. that's a Cooper. So, Luke, how many of those guys did you know? Um, Mick, Bill, Shazza. They've all been Kazza, with Luke's mum. Tomo, Who hasn't? Jono, Jacko, and um, Tutankhamen. Oh, look, they're, they're setting up. They're setting up something which is the dart. The that dart. is a symbol of capitalism. Dart is also slang in Australia for cigarette. Uh, so knew? they're planning to smoke this king. I think this film is very uh, accurate to Australian life. It has everything you need in the yeah. film. Don't talk, I'm getting horny. Okay, Lewis is being an idiot, so I'm going to take a drink. Uh, he's not being an idiot. He's showing that this girl is epileptic. That is a serious condition, Luke. I don't know if you have met anyone who's epileptic. We have a friend I, who's epileptic. I know. We, I know her, Lucy, right? Who? Lucy. I'm not going to get into this on the <laughs> podcast. Well, now she's going to be in the show. Who? I don't know if you're going to bring up future guests. 
Uh, I don't know what podcast I would do with an epileptic. I imagine I one yes, in a an epileptic. <laughs> I imagine that we should do... No, we shouldn't let any of those epileptics in here. You know, no, they're going to come over no, on boats. I'm thinking of films that we could have her do. Like, you know, films with, like, strobe lighting in them. <laughs> <laughs> that way we could have a podcast. Down- you download a sensor it. sound and just put it over this whole bit. <laughs> in case you didn't no. realise it, listeners, Ryan likes, to make, kind a jo- likes to make a joke. I'm not joking. He, yeah, that's... Well, I say joke. You should have heard what he called the toilet earlier. Well, I heard what you called the toilet earlier. The pisser. Now, Bartek, right. we were talking about this just before the podcast. Uh, this film... Oh, look, it's a Nokia phone. I, I also got to ask, what older Australian man has a mobile phone in 2003? This guy. This guy, evidently. He he's a, a real businessman. So we were talking earlier wizard. before before Luke came here, because Luke was late to the podcast. Uh, even people who listen should know that Luke is always late uh, to events. So we had to wait. So we had to talk about how this film really encapsulates the the, uh, uh, the Australian attitude. This scene here, for example, he's driving the plane, and he's still a bit drunk. Well, technically, it's piloting, not driving. Piloting the plane, sorry. And he's fine. He's perfectly adequate at doing it. He's like, that's my morning routine. Yeah. I personally have a little bit of a problem with the... Uh... Oh, he's your scene. Okay. Christopher is showing his character development. Yeah, the, how he's learning how to use more words in his vocabulary. Mm. So what were you saying just then? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, I, I have a problem with the... with. Planet. Spoiler alert. In a moment, the pilot gets shot with the dart. I know. Shock. Yeah. Uh, it's not like they set it up or anything. Um, I mean, they... Ooh. But... He gets shot, and like the stages are like temporary blindness, temporary paralysis, and loss of motor skills. Uh, very ironic that he loses his motor skills because he is piloting a, a an air a plane that yeah. has a motor, so he cannot motorize that plane. So, good one, film. No, I was saying if he was a true Australian, I think it would have been better if they shot him and it just didn't affect him at all. Because he drinks so much anyway yeah. that if he gets shot with it, it would just be like nothing made a difference to him. I feel like they lacked that Aussie uh, moment there, you know? Did you see the movie? It came out like last year, Hector and like the Quest for Happiness or something like that? No. It stars Simon Pegg. Pegg? Yeah. yeah. I saw it. There was like a drunk pilot guy in that film too and that one is very underappreciated masterpiece. What? That drunk pilot? Sorry, unappreciated masterpiece. The film. Ah, oh, I thought you so, meant the pilot. Where so I'm on? saying that that film clearly was inspired by this. Yeah. Okay. Although that was a helicopter that he was flying, admittedly, but uh, still. It had... It could fly, therefore it's related. Also, he was singing a Human League song. That was great. Oh, which Human one League. was it? You were working as a way... He was, he was drunk, so he was slurring it. Yeah, he was slurring. Oh, wait. What, what, I think someone was doing that in um The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I saw what, the that... original 1947 oh, no, sorry, the, the Secret Life with, of Walter um, Mitty? Oh Stiller. shit, I got the two movies mixed up. Oh, Bartek. What are you on? Clearly he's had more drugs than the guy flying this plane. Oh my god, that was Walter Mitty. I it got was, my movies indeed. mixed up. Tabakada, tabakada. But they were the same year, right, so... Here's Jack, and he's about to get whacked. Jackie Legs. Jackie Legs, leading the pack. What was the word he was learning? He was uh, amorphous. 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 He's gonna about. He's about to become amorphous. Uh, I'm afraid that's a misapplication of the word. Why? Because it doesn't apply. Why? Because it's not right. How do you use it? Well, I'm only learning on the thesaurus right now. Hey, nice word. 
What thesaurus? Yeah. Oh, or shit. Or now. Bill Hunter has just been shot. And this is the problem. This is the only way to take down an Australian of an elderly persuasion. you got to trank him. Uh, Luke, yeah. you seem the one here that has more negative connotations to this movie. It's time to get it out in the open, okay? Yeah. Give us some of your negatives about this movie. Because okay. with each film, we have on the occasion talked to, about the films only in positive light. Because these films are pretty much only in positive lights. But some films do have the moments where they drop the ball. Including this, including, you know, Big Fat Liar, including Thunderpants, including Citizen Kane. All of them drop the ball in some little way for different people in different ways. Luke, how does it drop the ball and where? uh, Just give us an inkling. Well, quite frankly, Ryan, I don't think the film was long enough. I wanted to know more about Michael Shannon's character and um, Mm. what does he want? What does he get out of all this? Is he just a faceless mook for uh, Salvatore? Or has he got his own, you know, well, aspirations? He's, you know, he's going to run the family. Yeah, but uh, in, until then, you know, what does he want? Maybe he wants to pursue something else. Maybe he wants a wife and kids. Maybe he just wants to get out of the biz. As Maybe it were. he's gay. Maybe, Maybe he's, he's gay. gay for See, Jackie this, Legs. All these that's questions. Yeah, that that is a that's a pairing that you might want to look into if you're of the fan fiction. So it's not long aficionado. enough for you. So this film no, should be frankly, how long should it be? Um, well, it stands at about a hundred minutes now. I think we could squeeze in an extra forty. We could get some real character development, flesh out backstory, that sort of thing. Make Good. a mini series. Plus, I think some more CGI because, quite frankly, there's not enough. Well, the technology was fairly new at the time. That's true. I forget this year. 2003. Uh, I would say my biggest uh, drawback of this film would be... I feel like... uh, I feel like the kangaroo isn't in it enough. I already said Christopher Walken's not in enough, but the kangaroo... Oh, look, there's a cockatoo uh, just... On the bar in That's there. Cute. I didn't notice that any other time when I watched it. So, um, I feel like the kangaroo, kangaroo Jack, isn't in it enough. I I feel like they really should have capitalized on the kangaroo. They should have had yeah. moments where the kangaroo was helping out other kangaroos, where it's like the other kangaroo's got his leg trapped and he saves it, and then he zips up the jacket and puts the hood on and then dances more. Not enough dancing of the kangaroo in this film. Not enough rapping. Uh, but everything else, perfect. Indeed. Bartek, mm. what about you? Um, this film doesn't have any comparisons with Walter. I don't know the other movie I mentioned. Hector. So your life of Walter Mitty, everyone. No, Hector. Hector. My mistake. Is that, is that its negative? Yeah. Because it, it makes me look bad because I made the mistake. Oh, but what apart was, from that, apart from that, you were talking before no about um, the, Austro- the representation of the Australian culture mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. yeah, how do you feel about that? Well, it's one to one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd describe it that way. Oh God. Okay, look, there is one thing, one <laughs> very key thing that is missing, mm. Luke. Yes. When you go to the bar and you say okay, hi... No, no, sorry, but I'm going to have to stop you there. We call it a pub over here, mate. Sorry, mate. Sorry, um, Boris. When you go to the pub, when yes. you see your maters... That's, uh, so yeah, your mates, mate, mates? Mates, yeah. yeah. Mates, plural. So how, how do you greet them? Um, usually, you can. well, it depends on the scenario. If you're feeling a bit subdued, you can just walk in and say... G'day, mate. But if you're really feeling patriotic, you're feeling your Australianness uh, seeping up through your um, mm-hmm. arteries, which are no doubt clogged with cheap Macca's runs, you can walk in and yell, 
What's up, cunts? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was more thinking. I was more thinking of like the mad cunt. Ah, uh, yes. You see, yeah. mad cunt is a title often bestowed, but very rarely actually earned. You see, mad cunt is the highest praise in Australia. If you're a mad cunt, you're great. So this film really for you lacks the phrase mad cunt. Well, Actually, yeah, there right. are some, there are some mad cunts in it. Right? Yeah, I mean, no. this guy's a mad cunt right here. Okay, this here guy's the maddest. The only Aboriginal person well, in the Luke. film, except for at the end when there are several more. What? He is the other. Like at the end, spoiler. I could have it's still him. Some others. I don't know. I thought there might have been some deputies who were. Uh... Oh, maybe. I like that he's just like yeah, hunters. Meh. Like, I love Michael Shannon in this movie. He's so this, well suited this, to this environment. I think this would be one of his first big film roles, actually. Yeah. Michael his Shannon. Only big film role. Oh, no, dude, dude, dude. Did you, not, did you not watch him in the great, great film in which it's him and he's worried about a rain, a big giant storm? I think it's called The Storm. I can't yeah, remember. yes, actually, The Storm. Great movie. Weird movie. Michael, yeah, it's a bit weird, but Michael Shannon is great. Michael Shannon, I feel, is one day going to be that actor in which everyone's going to be like, oh, that guy's awesome. Like, he's going to be the Michael Fassbender, the, the, the you know, the um, he's going to be that actor where it's like every role, he every movie he's in, you know there's going to be a good performance, but also yeah. slightly eccentric. He's still coming into his own. People are still finding out about him. He's still getting in bigger movies. But, I mean, he was in Groundhog Day. That, no, that was his first what? big film. He was in Groundhog oh, wow. Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. This would be his second big. Is this a reference to the Michael Jackson music video? Yeah, I think it must have been. Really? I would say there's was... a reference to Lawrence of Arabia. But, oh, but you right. see the way he was leaning forward? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This film, lots of symbolism in this one. This is, of course, one of the greatest films ever made. I, you know, I saw it as an adult, and I, yeah, I can't Mr. get Smith over... Yeah, Mr. laying the hurt. Sorry. Yeah, so this is an adult, and I can't get over the fact that I never saw it as a kid. I should have. My mistake. Bartek's the only one who's done the right thing here. Yeah, this is um, this. this is not far from my house, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you go down the road, go up Wellwood Highway for a while. Don't um, tell them where you live. <laughs> it's okay. They won't be able to find it. We've met, we miraged it. Yeah, you can't see it with its giant Italian columns inside no. the house. See, and the it's thing is, you need mounted to be... lion heads. It's kind of like, and it's maids and. It's like shut the fuck up, Ryan. Uh, Luke, like Luke has maids. I do not have maids. He has a maid. Sorry, I, I'm he perfectly is... healthy. I do not have maids. He has a maid. Uh, anyways, as I was saying, it's like the Thestrals. You can only see my house if you're near to death. And by that time, I could probably take you in a fight. So, Except for if it's the maid. She can see the house because oh, no, she has we, to clean it. Well, yeah, we gave her a pass. Yeah, so there is a Not maid. Not that I'm admitting to anything. <laughs> Not the, that's a classic, what I hear is called the Australian wit, Bartek. I'd also like to point out this inaccuracy. If this, if this car... I, yes, this car is a mirage. But if it was real... He would not be able to get in there without melting. What? No, because so the air conditioner's on. Ah, but what about before it turned but on? But right? there is no roof or windows. There's but he's no got air a... conditioner for that matter. But he has a Slurpee. He has a Slurpee, and yeah. now he's. Well, yeah, I thought that's was... actually how we make Slurpee. No, I thought it was gonna be better. I thought he was just gonna like grab the rock and like smash it into his teeth, like oh Slurpee, and then just like something. he has no teeth for the rest of the film. And I thought it was gonna be beautiful. But no, I guess you have to go the safer route because this is made for adults, not kids. 
That's yeah. Which of these two you is sexier? You have to see that by now. <laughs> I think the rock behind them is the sexiest. Quite frankly, yeah. Uh, I think it's Lewis. Obviously, he's got the thing the dingoes want, which is he's got it going on. He's got it going. Okay, can we talk about Lewis? Can we talk sure. about? Sure, need to talk you, about Lewis. You can because honestly, I find him more attractive. Lewis. All right. Yeah. Where do we start that's, with Lewis? Uh, I. Lewis, <laughs> um, somebody wrote this character, and then somebody else went, yeah, this is the one I should play. Like, this guy went, yeah, I should play this guy. I can't get over in these films that somebody wrote them sometimes. Like, sometimes yeah. you have to step back and go, somebody created this. Somebody then also accepted the script, and then somebody else acted out the script. But Lewis, he is... Look, when when I'm writing, Lewis isn't the character... I would think of to write. That's the best way to describe Lewis for me. I wouldn't have written him, but thank God somebody did. Yeah, and I'm always on the other hand, like, of course someone wrote it. Yeah. Luke, your feelings about Lewis? Um, Lewis is the everyman. He's what everyone wants to be. Everyone aspires to be Lewis. Lewis will deliver us from this hellish wasteland. Yeah. Having said that, Lewis is also a fucking idiot. Oh. Like all great heroes, Homer Simpson, Oedipus, the whole Jetson family. Yes, and uh, what about Dude, you? Dude, real talk, who's your favourite Jetson? Ah, the robot. That's not a Jetson. That's I, she is Rosie part of, was not a Jetson. Motherfucker, uh, she was part of the fact, family. Fun fact, Luke likes maids. I do not have maids. She has, he has a maid, and he likes the maid in the Jetsons. It's all coming together. It's another sign this movie is meant for adults, because he grabbed her boobs. Uh, and they're real. And she's... Uh, what does she do? She punches him? Headbutts him? No, oh. she beats him to death. She tambourines him. <laughs> okay, everyone get ready, because here we go. <sighs> the dream sequence. The dream. The sequence I that they used Polish, in the trailers. I have a Polish friend who loves Rapper's Delight. Yeah? Yeah. Does he like this? You know what? I have no idea. You should, I should find ask out. You should find also, out. I want to point out... And I can sing... His jacket, yeah, white and red. Oh, Polish colors. But it's mainly red. It's mainly red. See if you can follow this extremely metaphorical dream. Ah, this dream sequence is up there with other great dream sequences in in cinema. It reminds me so much of Requiem for a Dream. Except without the heart-rending tale of... Well, of It's a heart-rending yeah. tale of kangaroos. Oh, here it is. Well, Christopher Walken as a kangaroo. It's he's done, he's done literally life. everything else in his career, so why not be a talking kangaroo? Finally. Yeah. Why not indeed? Now, earlier I was saying, why did, like, you know, can you believe someone wrote this and whatever? I can, I can out of every single actor, out of every single movie we've done so far about it, I can actually believe Christopher Walken picked up the script and went, yes! This is the one I've got to do. Well, this is going to put me back in yeah. the map. He well, needed a game changer and this was it. Well, Christopher Walken's thing is that he'll accept anything yeah. for the experience, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So it's Him and kind Samuel of Jackson. a moot point to say it, that he'll accept something. Yeah, but you know, you still would have think sometimes those people will still look at the script and be like, ah, but I can still picture Christopher Walken being like, yeah, this is good. Sal is the guy. My condition is I got to play the kangaroo. I've been getting prepared, and that's when you see him. He's been like hopping the whole entire day. Yeah, it's like I've been he preparing. Takes it very seriously. 
Yeah, so this this film, multiple layers. Yeah, I can't mm. get it. Like yeah. an onion. Like an onion, it makes you cry the closer you get in. Yeah. Okay, Bill Hunter is about to go up against Mick Taylor. At least, that's how I wished the scene would go down. It's Mr. Smith. He's only going up against Celeborn of Lothlorien. Oh, I thought it would go down that he'd go down against Rosie from the Jetsons. Yep. Luke likes his maid fights. Uh, Luke likes maids, because he has one. Dude, you know what you'd love? You'd love anime. (laughs) They got lots of maid fights. I have missed your humorous anecdotes. I thought he got stabbed just then when yeah. I first watched it with Luke. I'm like, did he get stabbed? And then like we had to rewind it and like listen to the sound. It's like, no, he got no, he just got punched. Was, yeah. <laughs> she, she covered up her boobies. It's a call. It's a callback. There, there was a scene earlier yeah. where he grabbed her breast, so that was a callback to that. I do yeah. believe. See if you can follow along here, people. It's a roller coaster. You got to stand your toast. <laughs> this film is. This quite... is no fucking around. This, ooh, Luke's definitely serious about this. this right, the film has taken a dramatic yeah, turn. Yeah. They're no longer going to die. Mr. Smith and Michael Shannon are both on the hunt. It's night time. Night time is when things happen. Night time's the right time. Exactly. To rock the night away. Oh, all right. So she was in Planet of the Apes. As which one? The human. Which one? The human girl. No, like, no, which Planet of the Apes movie? Well, obviously, <laughs> one with Charlton Heston. <laughs> when, when he said which one, I thought he was like talking about which. Like, like you said she, so like which woman? I was like, what are you talking about? Like the the female kangaroo at the end of the movie? Or <laughs> no, she's in the Charlton Heston ah. Planet of the Apes. She's uh, the Statue of Liberty, and he's like, "Damn you." Damn you all to hell! And she's just standing there, like really green. She's uh, she's lost a lot of height since then. No, no, um, they're just all really tall. Ah. Charlton Heston's really short. Whoa, the sun went up quick. Sun does go up quick in Australia up, because we are in that weird zone in which, you know, one moment it's nighttime, next it's daytime. Like you blink and there's the sun, and you're like, oh, and then you blink again, there's night. It happens. It happens, especially during daylight savings. Oh, this scene. Yes, this is where the film really shows off its mature acting chops. Yeah, there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough fart jokes in yeah. this film, actually. Unlike Thunderpants, if you want a film that's full of farts, this scene. watch Thunderpants and this scene, and also back to back, and also oddly enough, Sophie's Choice again. <laughs> Luke, you should really watch it. It's a great film. The funny thing is, with no noise in this scene, like they're waving their hands around, but. Otherwise, the farts just look like a bunch of awkward silences. Not awkward silence. Oof. I do like the, the fact... weird, everyone. I do like the fact that he actually did get berries that were okay to eat. They just made you fart. Hmm. But other than that, like, he would have... Su- oddly enough, Lewis would survive. I mean, in all fairness, though, he did ask her if they're berries you can eat, but he also picked them and went, oh, these will be good. So an- another thing that makes this scene clearly stand out is that the very last line of this sequence was one of the three things I remembered from this movie from my first experience watching it as a child. Ah, so you're not you. So you saw it and then forgot about it. I forgot about it except for three things: the dream sequence, which was mainly just the rapping. Yeah. yeah. Um, the beach scene because I related to popcorn, and this line right here. That one was me for some reason. When I watched that, I was like, I remember that. Now, I do appreciate the fact Luke has not drunk that much during this because there's nothing much to drink through. Yeah, but um, trust me, it'll get there. Yeah, we're nearly like we're like nearly an hour through the film, Luke, so not much. Yeah. 
I love this scene about how frank they are with each other. Like Michael Shannon's like, "What happened?" And the other, and I just love Bill Hunter. He's also so frank. Like these two are the most honest people in the film. They really and are. And they're both just like, "Yeah, so this happened," and he's like, "Yeah, sad. Can I get in?" Sure. And they're like, that's the whole scene. But yeah, just, he's not heartless, you know. He's Michael Shannon is a cold-blooded killer, but he's got a heart of gold. He has morals. He has that. morals? Behind that... Yeah, he picked a good movie stone to be in. Face. Yeah, he some. picked a really great film to be in. Look, kangaroos, wow, that's Australian. You. Yeah, that, it's just to remind you all, we're in Australia. So you... No one here has an Australian accent uh, in this scene. Not in this scene. The no. kangaroo does. Um, Bartek, you were telling me you looked up some stuff about Kangaroo Jack. Uh, uh, about Michael Shannon, you were telling me. Yes, one of the few things I did look up. Um, clearly, you know, we're praising him, but as it turns out, uh, further down the line, he became less than... Corporate uh, sellout. Uh, I, you know, I, I was going to say, like, the word, he became less than good mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. terms of being a person. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, apparently this movie is his old shame. Really? He's ashamed yeah. of this. Apparently... Where are your mistakes, Michael? See, the thing is... Mistake. You know, you know, As he says. Specifically what he said was... Well, specific, I'm not quoting him, but this is what I read. Apparently he's disturbed by the fact that the kangaroo rapped. Oh, that like, it like... wasn't even something he did. That That's the thing makes... that disturbs him out of everything in this film. Yeah, apparently that is the thing that disturbed him. Nothing that he did, just... Look, he's having fun here. Yeah, look, he looks look like... Smile. He looks like Tommy Wasso. He looks... He's oh, like, but did you see that? Fun. Just as the smile went off his face, he just... And then they chuck him out. I thought they killed him because he felt like a look fucking doll. Yeah, exactly. He's got but it's not a doll, physics. so that's what I find amazing. Yo, you pissed Man, off he looks a Aussie. little bit like my media teacher from the Utah. Uh, what, Bill the Hunter? Bill. True words, never spoken. Your Your media teacher looks like Bill Hunter. Maybe it is Bill Hunter. Actually, Maybe he does teach media know, in for, year twelve for real, high school. For real, do you know what my media teacher, who my media teacher looked like? Bill Hunter. The gra- no. Oh wait, they just said a kangaroo Jack. Oh, Ryan. Right. I lied. I'm sorry. No, there but you go. but that media teacher, he looked like the grandfather from Troll Two. Oh, you mean Bill Hunter? Yeah, Grandpa Seth Hunter, Bill Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, culturally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's indeed. a reference to the people that Luke lives. It's a reference from. to the yeah, people look. that they didn't really want in the film. Yeah, so we um have well, to land gave them small box. There's one Bartek says. Only because we care. Yeah, right there. <laughs> he, Lewis. Oh, that was a bad joke. You're a bad joke. I I like that. You know, they had the montage of them getting prepared to kick yeah. the kangaroo's ass. Oh, and then, oh shit. no. Okay, bull ants, some brown people. real talk. <laughs> They're bull ants, right? Bull ants are creepy because they will actually try to attack you, like, with small-minded determination. Why not? I would attack you too, Luke. I hear yeah, how but... you treat maids. You make them fight each other. It's Ryan, not good. Shut up. What? <laughs> you know, now that I think of it, that is what the Flintstones was missing. They didn't have a maid, did they? Uh, they no, did. They it was called Wilma. <laughs> it's funny because she was the wife, but you're calling her a maid because she stays at home. Oh boy! She was a stay-at-home cave woman. She, she knew what she was worth. Talking about stay-at-home cave women, where is the kangaroo's wife? Maybe well, at home. I don't know. On a business at home trip in the cave. But okay, Matrix. This film was, was Lewis, inspired. This again, film, in, yes, up. take it out. We've been wanting to see Lewis yeah, Dick through. We had the a film. shirtless scene just now. We're about to step it up a bit. <sighs> 
Yes. All right, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Yes, yes. That film, that scene didn't. Look, he's saying this is great. He likes it. Yeah, I he's like here it. For it. Bro, he's man's. disguising it, but bro, he approves. Look he's pointing point, down. Pointing at his dick. <laughs> <laughs> like, like. This has to happen now. Suck it. If you know what suck I mean. It. Um, she has not gone on to do that much, oddly enough. No, I looked. I think her I up. would retire. I would retire after this. Oh, film. I basically killed her career. I think. A- what according kills? You according- mean it was so good that she was like, "I better step away from the limelight because if I do another film after this one, my film career is just gonna go down the toilet because nothing can surpass my work on Kangaroo Jack." Well, according to TV yep, tropes, could also be it. According yep. to TV tropes, this film was the career killer of Charlie and the Girl. Charlie. Yes, actually, you're right. Yeah. Charlie, I'm sure he. Oh, they chucked him out too oh, on defi- his face. They've definitely had more work. Uh, that, by the way, that was a callback to my media teacher being thrown out. You mean the guy um, from Troll 2? Okay, yeah. here we have the incredibly gratuitous bathing scene. Not enough nudity in this adult but there's film. There's a nice for wet t shirt stuff. Not F- physics going uh, Not you, Charlie. <laughs> I meant her. So, Luke, when you go to your local waterfall, yes. do they actually get shirtless? <laughs> yeah. Well, in. A lot of cases, people also start to peel their skin off mm-hmm. if it's red enough. It's really? A, it's a tradition, yeah. That doesn't Do sound they also... Australian. They sound like they just tan automatically. Yeah, they're not doing like it right because they're out of towners. European, uh, like Luke, who's Italian, who goes there and gets burned at the beach. Yeah, but I assimilated myself so well, no he's, one can even tell. He's assimilated yeah. so well, I can't this, tell this... through his I, I need to Luigi take, um, accent. I know I haven't been as um, good about this as I usually am, but yeah, this, is, this scene is a drink. So. Why do you say that? This because she's not sexy enough because she's wearing a choker. Because the whole <laughs> sexual tension thing is played so badly here. What do you mean? It's played I mean, perfectly. It's... Look at his face. Uh, I keep looking What's at with his, his face? physique? He runs a beauty parlor. That's literally all he does. Uh, have you not met men who work in beauty parlors? They're always fit. Yes. Not one, not your, not your little Italian barber, Luke. Hey, who trims do not disrespect ga- my Italian barber, please. <laughs> no, the one who is working in the beauty salon, they're usually pretty fit. Luke does not get out very much. I don't go to many beauty... You see... He stays at home, telling his maid his what to Every do. Every time I try to go to the beauty parlour, some guy in a fucking post-apocalyptic motorbike tries to take my shit, so... What, the guy who played... Louis? Yeah, actually, it's. I think he's a relation. Hmm. Every time I try to go to the beach. Australia park, is a bad place, kids. Don't go there. You interrupted me, Luke. The Polishman will also get angry at you. I can't believe he interrupted me. Go I'm on. not even. I'm gonna, sorry, I don't want to. I'm not even going to finish my line, and it was a very good one. Kiss! Go on. Oh, okay, I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> go on, my son. Every time I go to the beauty parlor, they're like, no, we can't make you more beautiful. You're already perfect. <laughs> That's damn right, Bartek. People know your worth. You are beautiful, each and every one of you. Yep. Me. Every except, one of me. Except for Luke. Yes. Except for me. I'm an ugly oh, motherfucker. look at that. Look at this. He is as ugly as Jackie Lex. Now, did you notice in this scene one of these guys' necklaces? Or... I noticed the guy who looks like Willem Dafoe. I think it's the... Not, the guy who's not on screen at the moment right now. He's got a... The one who looks like Willem Dafoe. Where's me moolah? Where's me more? Which is Australian slang for, I hope you're having a nice day. Is there anything I can get you? Oh, okay. why is it a question then? 
Because is there anything I can get you is also a question, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. You made two questions. It's an Hope opening statement nice followed by a question. Oh, uh, you're an opening statement followed by yeah, a question. Yeah, that guy there, the thing around his neck is an upside-down cross. Oh, that means he loves Blue Oyster Cult. He loves kangaroos. Yeah. An upside-down cross does look like a See, the The left and bottom, uh, you know, protrusion is the legs. The one on the right is the tail, and the thing up there is its head, because they're very tall. Thank God you're here to tell us... I'm the host! Of course I'm meant to be here! Okay, oh, he drew his knife. Oh. You call that a knife? This is a knife. Luke made a reference. Ooh la la. Ooh. Oh, bloody oath, mate. That is a weird thing. Why don't they ever reference Knifey Spoonie in this film? I don't know. Maybe because they couldn't get the copyright no, to it. Which is a bullshit. But it's a national thing that we do. So here's a big argument uh, in my yeah, film. This in... is where the distrust comes from. So here's the argument, Luke, yeah. uh, in, in film world, especially Australian yeah. cinema. Is yeah. this an Australian movie? It depends. What makes an Australian movie? Exactly. But is this an, is this an Australian movie? Well, it certainly takes place in Australia. It has Australian characters, but the uh, protagonists Australian actors, yes. are overwhelmingly American. Sydney was in it. Yes, but is it an Australian movie, or is it not? I'm going to say maybe. Maybe. That is it's hard, because it's like... Straddle the fence. Is Babe an Australian movie? Um... I don't I mean, think it is. Australian director, Australian mm. actors... Some of which are American actors, but American production crew. Does that make it an Australian film? Does is this an Australian film? I don't know. I don't think it is. I mean, Jerry Bruckheimer, but it is weird. Like, what what constitutes uh, a film like nationality? Is it like Finding Nemo? Is that an Australian film? You brought it up. I'm it's got Australian say... actors, and it's got Australian crew behind it, Australian productions behind it, but it's also financed and made via Disney. I'm going to say that Finding Nemo is an Australian film. Why? Because it felt like one to me. But not Babe. No, actually. Not Babe. But Babe. Oh. Mad Max, Fury Road. Is it an Australian movie? Yes, it is. But it wasn't filmed in Australia. That's neither here nor there. Uh, American production behind it Australian director slash writer and some Australian cast but you, also American then, and English leading <clears throat> cast would you say then that an Australian movie is nothing more than the sum of its parts no but that is the I don't necessarily say that I'm just arguing of what the arguments you hear in the film world is what constitutes an Australian film Mad well, Max the original could, trilogy can be really... argued as Australian but Mad Max Fury Road is not Australian if we wanted to get really technical you could say if Unless all of it is Australian, then it isn't. But that's a really extreme view Look, to take. So. Th- with films like these, they're clearly American films filmed in Australia. At most, they probably work together with like Australian casting agents to get like extras and mm. actors to be in it that are mm. Australian. I've s- there's a Bollywood movie called Salam Namaste. It's filmed entirely. Is that in- Polish? Yeah, Bollywood film made in Poland. Yeah, Salam film, the Master. Film, it's got to be. A yeah, Salam the Master, and it's completely filmed in Melbourne. But I wouldn't call it an Australian movie because it's, I'll call it Polish. It's a Bollywood movie. It's which makes it Polish. Yeah. At my house, we watch a lot of Bollywood films, so because they're Polish. Big black men. Twelve big black men. Yes, please. Hey, what? <laughs> He looks like skinny little... white boy with a gun. Yes, please. What? Is that True. the sequel? Well, his, his his last name is Italian, and that probably does mean that. You're Italian by yeah, descent. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Pavarelli means 
doesn't know what he wants. Oh, it's Pevarelli. Drowning. I've been calling you Pevarel the whole time. Neuroses. Is it Pevarelli? No, I just say that to fuck with people. I've been calling him Pervarelli the whole time. Sorry, Bartek, you're right. It is Pervarelli. I said pepperoni. Sorry, it is pepperoni. I don't know my own self. I do. Okay, here's the the only drug scene in the movie. This is pretty graphic. As someone who likes, look away if if you have a faint heart. As someone who likes spicy food, I wouldn't mind trying one of those. Such a good dancer. That is Luke salivating over the kangaroo. And his freakout. Over a bowl in his I'm mouth. I'm like one of those masochist fellas. <laughs> okay, I what, did, what did they do that? We haven't had one of those, like, screen flash. It happened when they first went to Sal's house. Mm, mm, mm. We haven't had one of them for a while. Why did we all, need so. to know where they are? Can't yeah, it just know? be yeah. desert? But we needed to know it was Owen Springs. Well, it matters to... Uh, Luke's playing a character here, but it mattered to him because he recognises <laughs> this place. Yeah, mm. this is my hangout. This is where I put all the bodies. I like Luke has barely drunk anything because he knows that this film is too good to drink through. Look, it's easier to drink along when I can just watch it and hear the noises. But tough, because you can't, so you now know how brilliant it is. You ever kill the man, Charlie? I do love how sexual this gets. Yeah, this <laughs> this is very overt. Overtly sexual? Yeah. Look at that face. He wants it. Mr. Smith. Will you give it to him? He's holding a thick... Long object. So that's... You're a thick, long object, Luke. <laughs> Fly went mm-hmm. into his ear. <laughs> Fly went into his ear, Luke. Is yeah, that, is that true? Bad. It's a reference to Troll 2 and Indiana Jones and the first one. I thought it was a reference to The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. Well, Jeff Goldblum is probably still The Fly at this point. Brundlefly. Brundlefly. Oh, <laughs> now this, this moment is actually really cool because you get contrasting bad guys. Yeah, but they don't know that they're bad against each other. Like, yeah. Mr. Smith's like, thank right. God you're here, finally. And he's just like, yeah, it's, I am. This is another callback to Michael Jackson, because you've got to ask yourself, who's bad? You must be Smith. You're you not got, wrong. Uh, you're right. <laughs> Michael Jackson does bring a lot of questions Ooh, yes, into this. Like, right. it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Mm-hmm. Um, with everybody here being white except for Lewis. Yeah, you got to be starting something when you've got a bunch of guns on you. All right. But hey, it's okay, because everybody's white, except for one, and everybody's a man, except for one. Yeah, so, so I guess have... all the minorities are uh, covered. Yeah, they're in their place. And we made sure to mention that Michael Shannon like my, might like men, so every every like group Mike. is... Like Mike. Like Mike. We should do that. <laughs> yes. Can we put <laughs> like that on Mike. the next one? What was Like Mike about again? Oh, uh, this kid, he gets these... Shoes? Orphan. Yeah, who make him a pro uh, Yeah, and Crispin player. Glover is like the the owner of the orphanage or something, yeah. right? And he's supposed to be the villain, but from when I watched it, it seemed like he's only making reasonable he, requests he, he because they're exploiting an idiot the child. And he, gets, he does some gambling debts. That's the extent of his evil. But other than that, it's like he won't let him play basketball because it's like, oh, exploitation of... Children, I won't stand for that. But you're most you're supposed to be like, like that guy's hey, an man. asshole. Guys, give me a heart attack one movie at a time. Come on, <laughs> seriously. I'm sorry, Bartek. I like how. Okay, get this. He's pointing a gun at him, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And then Miss Smith's like, "No, that's not the deal. I'm supposed to." And then now they're arguing with each other. But near the end of the film. The main character only realizes that the money was going to be given to Mr. Smith to p- 
pay him so he could kill them. Yeah, what? But shouldn't true. they have figured this out? He should have figured this. They should have figured this out by now. It's a very roundabout. What plot. would? What uh, was the money for, Bartek? Well, no, but the thing is, what would have tipped off to them that it was a hit on themselves? Well, they're both because idiots, Mr. So Smith know. wants to. Mr. Smith's like, no, that's my job. Like well, at this point, yeah, but what about before this? He's no, no, I'm talking about at person. this point now, but later on, like, at this point they should know, but later on they get revealed that the hit, the money was as well, going to be a yeah, hit, right. and he, they still are like, wait, Well, at this what? point, At this point, it's all vague about a contract. Yeah, but come on, you've got to f- be able to figure out, they've already figured out that Mr. Smith's not Mr. Smith, that this contract is something shady, and now that they're wanting to be, ki- now they're going to be killed. Maybe he's attracted mm. to Lewis. Could be. Who, Michael Shannon? No, Mr. Smith. Oh, so Michael so th- Shannon and Mrs. Smith are gay. I knew it. Well, I'm, I'm not talking about Michael Shannon. I'm talking about Mr. Smith. Yeah, but we said Michael Shannon before was into guys. I like how the yeah, well, camels can easily outrun the jeep, but not fast enough to no. catch a kangaroo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he's the got speed a... is really off. Well, at this the, point. you got to remember the kangaroo has the lucky jacket. That's true. Oh, that is true. Uh, we haven't talked about the lucky jacket. Yeah, Luke. can we get some love for the lucky jacket? Right. I again, like, if I wrote this film, yes. I wouldn't have thought of that. <sighs> it's a plot device or an. What item do you mean, or... a plot device? No, device sorry, makes a... it sound like it's not sorry, a character. It's let me a, it's a character. Ah, so you would go so far as to say it's a character in its own right. It has more character than Lewis, for sure. You know what? I concur with that statement. It's got a rich backstory. I see this. Just shoot him, Michael. He isn't thinking hard he's got, because he's, he's like conflicted because he's like, I love face. Lewis too. I love Lewis too. I don't want to kill my best friend Lewis. Uh, you know, before the Waffles, the dog, remember yeah. how that was a character they set up? Like, yeah. oh, Waffles. And even then they're like, do you think it's going to be okay with Sal looking after him? How is the dog not dead in the film? Like, you know, like how... You saw the food that was on the table. He's probably used the leftovers. Yeah. But, like, how did Christopher Walken not kill Lewis's dog after he found out this information? But if if you guys have watched Seven Psychopaths, you know that in films like this, you can kill the women. Sure. Animals. Nah, no. can't do that. Yeah. Um, well, even the kangaroo came back to life. This film reminds yeah. me a lot of the film in Bruges, in which it's like two gangsters get sent to a foreign land that's supposed to be like wonderful. In case of Bruges, it's like a fairy tale. This one, it's like the outback, but it's gorgeous to look at. And they're both there, and you know, obviously, it's all a, a giant setup for a hit in the end. Of the people going there, you know. In the case of Imbruges, just one guy. In this one, it's two. This film inspired that film. This film inspires many films, Luke. Like, you know, for instance, you know... Lewis nearly dies here. Yeah. And, for instance, we we compare this... Bartek and I, especially me, I always compare a lot of these films to Citizen Kane because it's that good. Like, it influenced films made before it. You know? As in the Stephen King movie? What? You said it. Oh. You placed a lot of emphasis on the word, I assume you meant. No, as in before this film. But ah, yes, also before, before the film It. Yeah, incidentally. So nothing after It. <laughs> um, no, so, you know, we Citizen Kane, I see a lot of similarities between the two. Like this moment here, 
I don't necessarily remember a moment in Susan Kane in which he's like well, holding a belt and being like, grab it. If Orson Welles had directed this, I think it would have been very different. So, Bartek, why do they need the money? Yeah, why is it so important? You wanted me to remind you around this point in the film, just before we started. You're like, right, remind me when Lewis is at the falling point to ask me, like, your theory on why they need the money still. Like, why do they still need the money? Why do they need the money? Yeah. I don't know. You said to remind you. Yeah, and I've been trying for the last five minutes to remember what it was. Bartek always is like, remind me, and I will, and then here's nothing to say. Shall I remind you that you have nothing to say? Bartek mm-hmm. has nothing to say. Here is your reminder. Alright, Lewis didn't die. Cheer or boo as you please. Okay, now Luke, you've you've been pretty negative about this, okay? I don't think I've been negative. No. I think I, I've been telling it as I it feel is. like, yeah, you've been negative. Now, here's something I think out of all of these films, this okay. film, that uh, all of these un- or underappreciated masterpieces, this film nails the one issue that I've had. With each of the films. It was something I mentioned before that was the strength of each one of them too. Which is the friendship between the two. Yes. Right? It is. Mm-hmm. The chemistry Now good. Bartek has listened and has been a part of the other podcasts. Everyone should listen to them. They're fun. Uh, Luke hasn't because, you know, killjoy. But um, well, I, I have made the comments of in Big Fat Liar... I didn't feel the friendship was genuine because each time he asks her for help, she reluctantly does it out of, you know, like, oh, okay. Like, like he's tricked into it. And then in Thunderpants, I feel like Rupert Grint and Bruce Crook's friendship is built only because they're the only ones who can stand being with each other for a long period of time. And in this one, that's what this is about. Their friendship is false at the core because it's built upon guilt because he saved him as a kid and he's been lording that over him his entire life. And there's eventually a point after all of this um, great piece of film in which Lewis actually turns around and says, you don't need me as your friend anymore because this friendship, we both know it, has been based on guilt. And that's what I think this film nails on the head. This film actually steps away and goes, this friendship is built on a mound of lies. It's built on false... It's all false. It's all built upon guilt. And I am actually happy that out of all the films we watched, this one, the third one that we have done so far, has actually addressed the issue that friendships can only last sometimes due to the company having been together for an extended period of time. But that isn't enough to sustain a friendship. You know, yes. I, I used to tell people... Well, I say tell, but really I killed them. I used <laughs> to tell people that they have not lived because they had not seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, and it's clear to me now, as of yesterday, when I rewatched this film in my old smartness age, that... Indeed, I was wrong that this film is the one that truly encapsulates friendship and the desert. Mm-hmm. Which mm. is two things you don't often see. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, you live Lawrence of Arabia tried, but it failed. Either, so. mm. Lawrence of Arabia tried to have friendship and the desert failed. See, this is the bit. Like, this is emotional. Like, I feel like this should have been Oscar-nominated performances yeah, right here. Like, Lewis is actually giving it his all. Like, he's like, no, dude, guilt was, was the, the glue, glue yeah. that held this friendship yeah. together. Yeah. This film right. did one, win one award. What award? Which award? 
was at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice uh, Awards. Really? An Adam Sandler really? movie didn't win? It oh, won yeah, the award that? for best fart scene. Oh, really? That's a hard one. That's Over an Adam Sandler film? It's oh, pretty uh, difficult. Which to Adam Sandler film has the best fart scene, Ryan? Uh, obviously, obviously, all of them. You can't put them next to each other. No. Kevin, Kevin James, aren't they? They're all the same film. But this is an emotional moment where it's like this film recognises that this friendship shouldn't last. But it teaches us a valiant lesson, which is they are friends. They've gone through so much. They stick with each other. The guilt isn't the glue. It's the love that's the glue. And yeah, that sounds yuck on a level because love being the glue. Because glue is similar to semen. (laughs) <laughs> this is like the second time in this series of podcasts in which cum and semen has emerged in films. Well, I'm glad I came back. Ew. Mm-hmm. And look, here he is, Jackie Legs. And Luke, this is the moment, right, this in, which, is the moment. You know, in which they resolve their issues. Yep. He's like, I'm sorry, Jackie. He does it with grass. And he's like, Please give the lucky jacket back. Who is the best character of the film next to That's Michael Shannon bit. and the kangaroo? Mm. Great. And Christopher Walken. Where is Christopher Walken? Where is he? Like, I think he gets a little uh, thing at the end, but not him. He's in the newspaper. As if you would leave the people who were getting, like, a set, attempted assassinations against them, leave them behind, like, in the desert, and as you go lock up the other ones, you would first of all take the people who have been in mortal danger and take them to safety, and if not, leave policemen behind with them. But instead, the Australian Police Force, again, this film is truly uh, based on true events, I feel, is uh, true to the fact that the Australian Police Force will leave you behind in the desert (laughs) if you are the one in mortal danger. Look, if you die out there... Nothing really bad will happen. They may have to write up a report, but we're we're pretty relaxed. They looked at him and thought, oh, you look like Tom Cruise, you'll be fine. He does. He does, yeah. Now he does. Yes, he does. Now he does. Yes, he does. You don't think Kangaroo Jack looks like Tom Cruise? (laughs) (laughs) Jackie Legs? Yeah, I see it. Oh, look, Luke, here's his family with his wife and son. And their son kicks him too because it's like a joke. You must be Jackie Jr. Jesus Christ. They're not very original. You're not original. You didn't write this. Oh, the little one kicked him in the face. And he should be blind. Yeah, he should have skull fractures Uh, at the very least. My favourite little bit was, I swear, they used just the exact same footage as when he got kicked the first time. I think so, yeah. Why are they laughing? It's... Because he got kicked in the face. It was so funny yeah. the first time. Oh, Fair and enough. here it is. You know it's good when the film flashes forward at the end and the narration's back out of nowhere. Oh, Sal, I love that. Oh, nips. <laughs> 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 she was in the water earlier and she wasn't nip- got her nips poking out like that. But here she is on a boat. On and, a pleasure barge, even. And there they are. And Oh, there's Waffles. Waffle, it all comes and he got his eye fixed. Yeah. He had a problem with yeah, his like eye? Yeah, you remember, yeah, he had one eye was bigger than the other. Oh, oh. I didn't really pay attention. What, uh, I guess... Artic- one of the articles in the newspaper said that the White House was censoring something. <gasps> was Probably... it Kangaroo Jack? Yeah, nope. this movie did get censored, didn't I it? I hope not. In terms of, like, bad Oh, uh, and here's the bit where Lewis died. Yeah, this yeah. is a callback uh, to when he didn't die. And here's him entering hell. And you could clearly tell that he smacked his head and on the back. edge. And he didn't he's... say that very long. 
he died. Yeah, so this is like a previous and some, take. And some nips from yeah. Lewis, in case you're into that. Oh, and the dog joined in too. And <laughs> he's, all the fun. He's, he's now dead. They're talking to his ghost. Yep. Who knew it was a supernatural film? Yeah. And they're in love. This reminds me a lot of Trading Places. Have you seen Trading Places? Oh, no. I haven't seen that in well, a while. At the, film, at the end of the film, they all like win and they're all rich. And like one couple is on the beach and it's like, Hey man, and like good job, and like they raise their. There are other people on that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Who are those? All right. Uh, now we have a final word from our sponsor. It should end with me, yeah, because you don't talk in the film. Shut up. We have Shut no up. classically trained actors. I can sing. I can dance. I can. Yeah. Freaking Hugh Jackman. What does he think he is? I, I didn't like know Duke that. Hackman, am I right? Yeah. Gene Hackman should have been Jude in this. Gene Hackman. Um. Okay, man. No, that end reminded me of Trading Places, but here's a significant difference. In Trading Places, I think it's like Eddie Murphy and Judge, you know, uh, you know, and all that, are like sitting on the beach and like looks over and the the others are on the yacht and they're both like, you know, good job and whatever. Yeah. And it's just the exact same, you know. I feel like this influenced Trading Places with Eddie Murphy. And Lewis was Eddie Murphy, obviously. And of course, the kangaroo was Dan Aykroyd. Well, that is the movie. Folks. Yep, so we have to ask ourselves now that you've seen the movie again, Luke. Yes. Who is cuter, Jack Jr. or Rosie from the Jetsons? Probably I'm going to have to say Rosie from the Jetsons. Yes, the thing. Here's the thing for maids. Now, Luke, could you give us your final thoughts, a review, if you will, and a, and, a ra- ooh, and a rating, uh, whatever rating you want to give it out of whatever. Okay, um, after having seen this film a second time, I can definitely confirm, without equivocation, that it is no better than the last time I saw it. Oh. I really want my 100 minutes back. I would give this film to someone else. <laughs> that is all. No rating out of? I, I give it a cool out of yes. Wow, that was... <laughs> Luke, you crazy joker. This show isn't about satirizing anything. That was so much satirizing about this film being so good that you were lying through your teeth about it being bad. Alas, oh, 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 I'm not used to that feeling. What I'm about you, Bartek? I'm just going to finish the rest of my beer now. Uh, I think you should go first, Ryan. No, no, it's always you, man. But the best for last. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, pretty keen. Um... Kangaroo Jack is a film in which I have many regrets uh, about not seeing it in my childhood. I was foolish enough to think that this film wouldn't amount to anything and make a difference in my life. But this film is one that is a game changer. It is one in which doing this series, I have come to appreciate film even more. Because doing this series of unappreciated masterpieces, I recognize the unappreciated, but I can't help but notice the connections. And this film is like the ultimate puzzle piece. I love the humor. I love the drama. I love the acting, the special effects. I love everything about it. But I love how this film just connects everything together, how it shows the brutality of humanity, how it shows us that friendship can be rotten at the core but still last. But then if you scrape away that rot, in the middle there is a beating heart. I give this film... I give this film... I give it a solid... I give it a solid hip hop, hippity hop, hip 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 hippity hop out of hip hops. Bartek, you claim that you have the best. 
I did make that claim, but now I realize you had the best. Thanks. Okay. <clears throat> so, when we did Thunderpants, I had that rant about how, um, you know, you, you shouldn't give numbered ratings to films. Um, sorry, that was just... Wow, you're, you, what you said just there, I, I'm still overwhelmed by it. I'm overwhelmed. Hang on, I need a drink. Oh, as he's uh, drinking sound effects because Bartek is so overwhelmed, he needs to. You got a drink to get through. Get it. some drinks yeah. in him. Um, yeah, so I give the film a five out of five. <laughs> Thank you. Now moving, I'm mixing it up even. this week. I obviously each time will at the end of our reviews read reviews from IMDb on the film. This time I have mixed it up. I'm doing that, but I'm going to read some positives and some negatives because believe it or not, there were some negative ones about this film. But that's like every masterpiece. There should be negative uh cri- there should be negative comments about it because with things that last forever, there have to be people who love and people who hate. And I feel like I've let people down in the past because I could only find positive reviews of the previous films. But this one, I've included a negative one or two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with a positive one. Or a more upbeat one, I should say. Okay, this review is called Enjoyable Stuff. The author is Corgi231. And I feel like Corgi231 has been a previous one that we've... I don't know. I feel like I've already read Let's Corgi before. But name. they gave this film... They gave this film 6 out of 10 stars. And this is what... And this was written in 2003. I feel like I have to make it important that some of the dates with these ones... Because you've got to consider this was when Kangaroo Jack came out so they may not have had enough time to reflect upon it but this and, is and just to make it clear uh this film came out 12 years ago as of this recording yes yes it is yes. quite some time this is what they had to say <clears throat> i was intending to see confessions of a dangerous mind but the newspaper had the times wrong so i ended up seeing this film instead <laughs> I love, wow I love, god loves this person i love the backstory of some of these the ads for the films for the film don't do it justice. Don't get me wrong, this film is not Citizen Kane. You're right, it's not. It's better. Yeah. But for an easy way to spend a few hours in the theatre, it isn't bad. The best things in the film are the settings. Sal Maggio's, in bracket, Christopher Walken, house is in Bensonhurst was perfect. Being an old Bensonhurst boy myself, I've seen those huge houses with big walls on small lots which are owned by second-rate mobsters. The Australian scenery was magnificent and has me wistful about getting the chance to spend a month there eventually. Oh, trust me, you need more than a month to take this in. Mm-hmm. The CG, Indeed. The CG kangaroo is pretty good. Better than much of the CG in the last Star Wars atrocity. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Which is what, like Attack of the Clones? Yeah, yeah, I think so. There's lots of good slapstick. The film ends stupidly, and Oof. Estella Warren cannot act. She makes Elizabeth Hurley look like Day Maggie Smith in terms of acting ability. That is a damning indictment. Not even a clue. Not even the mere speck of talent. Stick to the catwalk, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh Elizabeth that Hurley on the end of it. is from the, 
bedazzled, yes. Um, oh, if sorry, you, I, if I get you, her mixed up with Elizabeth Berkley. Uh, if you like good slapstick and fairly decent chemistry between the two male leads, and you don't mind checking your brain at the door, I recommend this movie. That's right. what they had to say. See, Luke, you're not meant to now, drink your brain to death. You're meant to leave it at the door. Sorry, now, man, I'm, I'm going to read another class. one. This is a negative one. This mm. is this is only number 30 on IMDb's worst. And the author is Agent 10. And they wrote this in 2003 also. And they gave this film <clears throat> one. One? One out of, out of ten stars. Out what? Ten stars. Now, I told you, i got to read... The other side of the coin. There are people out there who who don't like this. So this is what the person had to say. <clears throat> Truly, can Jerry Bruckheimer keep ruining his career? Pirates of the Caribbean better be good. Or he won't be able to return to churn out the inevitable sequel, which will most likely follow this gotta trash. Ooh, gotta trash. Ooh. Man, what can you man, what can you not put down about this movie? You could start off with the pitiful Jerry O'Connor, round it off with a dull, obnoxious Anthony Anderson, and add in a what the hell factor with Christopher Walken. Hey. That's Christopher Walken's factor all the time. Yeah, come um, on. That he's wasn't a, in the review. That he, was just me He's a commenting. national fucking treasure. And you can clearly... And you clearly have one of those movies in, which makes you want to put your money in a slot machine because it will most likely be put to better use. <laughs> I just want to know... I just want to know how in the world <coughs> did this... Whoa, Luke's coughing to death. I'm dying. I just want to know how in the world did this movie lead the box office? Uh, this person asks valiant yeah, questions. Th- there's now, a lot of questions in that movie. That was a, that was a dangerous one. That one, you know, it did say a lot of negative things. They gave it a very poor review, but they did bring up valiant questions within, and it's always good to see the other side. Now, let's see the other side of that, called Best One-Star Movie I've Ever Seen. The author is Monkey Lowercase Kelstar, and they gave this 10 out of 10. I know, 10 stars seems excessive, but this is one of the funniest movies that I've ever seen. Top 5. I'm watching this movie as I write this. I've seen it a couple of times, and I swear it gets better every time I see it. It only got 1 star out of 4, which is the worst it can possibly get. And I understand that. Really. It is not the most intelligent movie in the world. However, if you feel like kicking back and relaxing, you feel like watching a movie that doesn't provoke thought or discussion, you feel like laughing hysterically, this movie's for you. I'll admit the entire premise of the movie is dumb, but it's funny. Genuinely funny. I love it. Well, that's all you can really say about it. Mm-hmm. These people encapsulate what is there about Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack is a film that is controversial. It provokes thought, discussion, feelings. That last of you said it didn't. And they, they're, they're entitled to that. But others say otherwise. And the negative one says negative things. And the positive one say positive things. But this film is one that can divide an audience. And that is why I feel it is unappreciated. Because there may be more people who are on the negative side. And the people on the positive side cannot be heard through all the negativity. You've got to consider Citizen Kane wasn't as appreciated as it should have been when it came out, and for quite some time, it didn't get the Oscar win, and neither did Kangaroo Jack. 
this film, I recommend that everyone should watch this film at some point in their lifetime. I recommend you should watch it right now, after this podcast. After you enjoy this, you've heard this. If you haven't already seen it, watch it again. And then get some friends over and watch it with them. Because I will tell you, this film is perfect to watch with friends, families, and loved ones. Uh, any other thoughts, guys? Um, yeah, just echoing what Ryan said, if you have absolutely nothing better to do with your time, if you are facing an That's existential abyss, if you are at the very end of your tether and you cannot fill that. the gaps in your pitiful existence, then this is the movie for you. Uh, you have can, a ball. You can watch it without all of that too. Just just watch the movie. You can just watch the movie. I mean, Luke watched the movie and he's so upbeat. I am alive with... Alcohol. Yeah, most. I think it's like three quarters of a beer. Three quarters. Wait a second, Ryan. Look at his neck. There's a. Is he wearing a mask? Let me take that off. Michael (laughs) Shannon. (laughs) My God, you guys! I just want to have a beer. Why you gotta be so hateful? I knew it. (laughs) Michael Shannon all along who was with us during this podcast. And next time, you'll not be Michael Shannon. You might be... Who knows who the next guest will be and who knows what the next podcast will be. Bartek, do you have any other thoughts about Kangaroo Jack? I'm so shocked that... I'm shocked that Michael Shannon's here here too. And he is... Surprise! I, I should have known because Luke would never not admit that he has a maid who cleans its house from... That should have been my Just tip. Just so you that know, it was, I've uh, been tested. I don't have maids. He has serious maids, Luke Peveril does, but Michael Shannon's fine. He doesn't need maids. Here's Kangaroo Jack. Um, anything to say about it? Um, I couldn't help but notice that there's a... I'm referencing what we're looking at on the screen right now. There's a option on the main menu called Kangaroo Commentary. Yes, if you have the DVD or the ability to look up the special features. There is a commentary also by the f- for the film called Kangaroo Commentary, in which Kangaroo Jack does give you a commentary for brief sections of the film. I also recommend uh, listening to that after you watch the film also. It is a perfect afternoon. Listen to us, watch the film, listen to that. Everyone's a winner. Yeah, you know, I really like it. Like We had mentioned Troll 2 on this show before, and even in this episode... Troll 2 has a documentary about it called Best Worst Movie. It shows that fans of unappreciated masterpieces Uh, or masterpieces that aren't as appreciated as they should be, (laughs) um, it it shows that you can get more out of it by finding the people who have a real passion for it, much like our show here. (laughs) So it's really, really heartwarming to see that there is actually something in Kangaroo Jack which I feel doesn't have the fan base that it should have. And even within the special features of the DVD, you've got kangaroo commentary and normal commentary, marsupial magic, and I just think that's fantastic that someone went to the effort of adding in best, worst movie-like extra features to this film. Well, to end on that positive note... Uh, Luke, it's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. It's been a an experience. It has been an experience. <clears throat> Bartek, as always, it's wonderful to see your face again. And I didn't make a single mistake. He didn't make a single sm- mistake, especially not when he screamed excruciatingly loud just a moment ago. Dude, come on, you got to give it to me. I was really okay. surprised. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Luke, I wish you could have been here. Uh, it was great to have you, Michael Shannon. That's no problem. 
Uh, Bartek, as always, wonderful to see your face again. Well, I am one of the co-hosts. I'm meant to be here. I know. I'm just saying it's wonderful (laughs) to always have you by my side. And as always, you guys have been spectacular, wonderful, great listening people. Uh, We also now have the Facebook page up and running, so you could always give a look at that. Spit and Polish Presents. Eventually, we will get on to... Um, syncing up with iTunes and stuff like that. Just gotta start getting on to that stuff. But yes, social media for our podcast is up, active, and running. Uh, I always suggest that you guys, um, you know, interact with us, you know, give your cri- criticisms, uh, advice, and suggestions for other unappreciated masterpieces because Bartek and I, and maybe a guest, may not have all of those unappreciated masterpieces that you the listeners might be thinking you guys might be sitting there going oh when are they going to do that film and we might not ever think of that film so if you feel like uh dropping in the line do so you guys have been great listening people have a good time yes thank you for not interrupting us that's all folks oh that's a reference to the film